Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Hi, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll meet, introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the heart. Well, hello, Mary. Hi, Joshua. How are you, my Welcome friend? Welcome back. We missed you last week. Thank you. I really wanted to be here. Uh, it just happened to be that the traveling schedule didn't let me do it. So, uh, But I know you had a great show with Rich Taylor. Rich Taylor was very insightful, had a lot to say, and I can see why he's so beloved. Well, you know, we've been doing the TV show, the radio show for two and a half years. I mm-hmm. think that was the first time one of us flew solo. Yes. How was it? Well, I, I tried to talk like you at times, every other question. <laughs> you went back and forth <laughs> in your voices. I love that. Uh, but it was, we had a, I had a great time in Nashville. Yes. You know, all these grants that we're doing, which is so wonderful, uh, allows me to be able to, 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 to visit other places and learn best practices and build councils and all that that fun stuff so i was in nashville and i so i i missed you but i know what was your biggest takeaway learning about getting support well in in all of these places whether it's san francisco or dc or new york city you've been everywhere yeah i'll be back in new york city next week it's really helping me understand uh, in in this grant uh pool how really arts and aging come together Mm. so you know we've been focused on arts and wellness a lot um, but really in a, a diverse um, age groups. And so how does it affect quality of life and well-being and all of that for all ages? But then when you start to narrow it down, the scope down to arts and aging, and in that population, how is it truly affecting health? Um, it's really mind-blowing. Mm. The statistics that are out there, the organizations that are doing some really cutting-edge work, it's really fantastic. So under the leadership of the National Center for Creative Aging out of D.C., uh, I've just been able to really learn a lot about exactly how to structure rehearsals, performances, curriculum, classes, classes, all of mm. those things around well-being for aging adults. And I so it's that. been it's been wonderful. And we launched the Arts in Action program I know. Uh, in a couple of weeks and I'm so excited. I'm excited so for and you. we have so many great partners from uh, the Cornell Museum of Fine Arts to the Holocaust Museum to Crowdy Art School to you name it. There's 14 different partners uh, that are helping us launch this program, and I'm super excited about it. The FCA is everywhere. I see it all the uh, time. Yeah, <laughs> I feel it. I feel it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I also just want to give a shout out to the cast of Hairspray mm-hmm. uh, from Encore Cast Performing Arts. We had them on the show, and uh, at the, it was at the Dr. Phillips Center. They sold out two, two performances shows. at the Walt Disney Theater. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Just for uh, reminder, people are saying it was as wonderful as Broadway. Uh, they're all still walking on clouds for having had that experience. It really was. I, if I had not known that it was Encore and I had just gone to the Doc Phillips Center to watch Hairspray, I would have totally thought it was a national tour, mm-hmm. Broadway tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were really, really fantastic. And one of the great things about Encore is that they take a portion of the proceeds and they give them away to a charity. Mm-hmm. And so they gave it to an organization that was a Locks of Love organization because Hairspray, you know, get it. Locks of Love gives piece, uh, virgin hair to young girls or women yeah. that need hair. Yeah, so. when they're dealing with some type of disease that mm-hmm. might have taken their hair from them. So a uh, really cool organization. So a shout out to Tommy and Clay and Juan and that whole team. And, and we the whole had cast. them here. Thank you for having come out too. It was fantastic. So mm-hmm. Mary, you and I could talk about all the great things that are happening in our lives all day long, but we have some great guests today. We do, and I'm very excited about our guests. You know, a lot of people say that the arts and sciences really do go hand in hand, the yin and yang of our life experience. So I think we're going to learn a little bit about that as we learn about the Orlando Science Center. I'm very excited that today we have with us Jeff Stanford, Vice President of Marketing 
Brandon Landman, Vice President of Visitor Experience, and Heather Norton, Vice President of Education, here representing Orlando Science Center. Welcome to the three of you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yay, we have like the VIP crew. <laughs> yes, in the yes, house. yes, the VP <laughs> trio the VP is here. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, a Vice President of Marketing, Vice President of Education, that's a pretty standard uh, title for positions, but Vice President of Visitor <laughs> Experience. I, like I want to be that guy. I know. Brandon, oh, me what too. is your Yeah, you do. <laughs> Brandon, what's your role and what do you do for the Science Center? So, I think I have the best job at the Science Center. Um, that's what I often tell these guys on a regular basis. But um, I get the exciting opportunity, all the exhibitions that travel through the space, um, the ones that we would build ourselves, and all the programming from the presenters that are out on the floor working with guests every day, all of that runs through my department. So I get that awesome task of finding the content, picking the content, curating the content, and then displaying it. Well, Brandon, you must do a good job because I looked up some reviews that you got and on Yelp, here's what one person said. <laughs> uh oh, oh like, I, I read them sometimes, right? <laughs> Fantastic. Better than Disney because this is firing your brain cells. Lots of great exhibits here oh. for a 10-year-old kid. Tip, if you are a member of a local science museum, come see this one. I love that. Well, you heard that, Disney. We're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And the other one said better than theme park, too. So good for you. Congrats. That's awesome. Who needs well, Mickey you. when you have Jeff and Heather and Brandon? Right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. So, Jeff, um, you've been with the with the Science Center for a while. I think you said 17 and a half years. Yes, wow. yes. That's really incredible. And talk about your journey with the Science Center. You didn't start out in marketing, right? Right, right. Um, I actually, I have a long, long history with the Science Center. Prior to working for the Science Center, I was a kid that came to summer camp. And uh, I grew up at the Science Center and the camps and the field trips. And so to come and actually work for them has I, I, is, been very exciting for me. But yeah, I started my career uh, right here in this building uh, as a, a PR person uh, for the Hospice of Central Florida, the, whose offices were one floor down. Mm. And so I had an entry-level communications PR job running their speakers bureau and doing their newsletter. And from that, I moved on to a communications position with Heart of Florida United Way, another great community organization that raises funds for a lot of amazing health and human service organizations, and then became a communications manager at the Orlando Science Center in the fall of 2000. And uh, my longevity there is surprising for me because it doesn't seem like it's been that long. And also the job continues to change, the atmosphere continues to change, Science is constantly evolving and changing, and so we adapt with that. And uh, I have a amazing story to tell with the Science Center, and I get to work with these awesome people who do amazing things and make such a huge impact on uh, all ages in our community. That's one of the things I wanted to ask you about yes. the impact. Can you think about a time when you got feedback from a family or a guest of the difference you made in someone's life that stays with you? Um, absolutely. I can talk from what I've, I've seen in experiences and, and what I've experienced now as, as a parent. And I see the impact of, of the Science Center on, on, on my own child. But uh, it is really incredible to see young people come and you can see their eyes light up. You can see the eureka moment when they're sitting in a program and someone's lit up a balloon full of hydrogen and now they're explaining that reaction and Hearing that ex and hearing that explosion and seeing kids really get excited about discovery. Um, you know, we have a lot of really young children at the Science Center because we um, host a preschool. We have a preschool at the Orlando Science Center that we've had for about the last six years or so, a, a Monday through Friday, 
uh, preschool for ages three to five. And what is amazing is these young, young people, how excited they are about learning. And little children are natural scientists. You know, they, before they can even speak or read, they're exploring and they're, they're checking things out. They live a hands-on life. And so to see a four-year-old talking about the concept of inertia or explaining <laughs> gravity to you. That's cool. It, it is truly amazing. And for me, growing up in the Science Center, it was always fun. And then working at the Science Center, it is, you know, it, it's, it's dynamic. It's always changing. It's just, I've, I've had wonderful experiences meeting uh, scientists from all over the country you and had a three-year-old talk about inertia. Yes. I'm still staying there. Yes. Like, I, know. Yes. I would have loved and to have seen that. It is, it's amazing to meet these, these little ones in our preschool program, and they're using the vocabulary, and they're using it correctly. And then they're explaining. They're learning these concepts for the first time, so they're so excited about learning wow. and to see that passion. And I think that's what the Science Center does incredibly well. Okay. It sparks curiosity. It inspires passion. Well, that's uh, your yes. uh, your vision statement, right? Be the spark that ignites yeah. innovation. I love that. Yes. Mm. And speaking of uh, learning, we also have Heather, who's the VP of Education. So tell us about some of the education programs you guys have at the Science Center. Absolutely. Um, so kind of dovetailing off of what Brandon and Jeff were talking about, the Science Center cares a lot about inspiring a love of learning for life. And so to do that, we really look at the entire continuum of how one kind of travels through their world and how you can engage a learner throughout their different stages. For my department specifically, we really focus on the um, birth through uh, college age group mm -hmm. mainly. And so we really look at how we can um, expose children and their caregivers and their teachers to learning opportunities in the sciences um, at all ages of development. So. The preschool is one of my favorite programs that mm. we have. Um, we have children three to five who come to school all year round with us, and that's a really important program for us because we get that deep, um, long-term impact with those children and their families. What does that look like? They come after school one, a couple times a week for class? No, we're an actual school. So the Science Center owns and operates its very own preschool. Um, we participate in voluntary pre-kindergarten known as VPK, mm -hmm. and we have about 70 children that come to school with us for the entire academic year. Those kids must feel so lucky to be able to go down yeah. during breaks or whatever and see all the cool exhibits. Oh, they own the place. You yeah. should watch <laughs> them walk in. Um, one of the most rewarding things for me is, you know, we've had the school, this is actually going to be our eighth year, I believe, Jeff, um, is some of our children, mm. they're now coming, and this mm. is our original hope, was we would grow them into the science yeah. centers. So I get them now at summer camp, and we launch after school um, this Monday, and so we're hoping to pick up a couple in after school. But we're really starting to see these children mature through the science center. So some of my earliest preschoolers are now going to be entering middle school. Like that we're wow. just on that fifth and sixth grade level. So, so how cool. does a student get to become a student there? Do they have to pass a test? Is it just if their parents are able to bring them? So we're a private uh, preschool provider, and there's a lot of them throughout the state. And so really it's just um, parents coming to one of our open houses and signing up for a slot. Wow. Um, for voluntary pre-kindergarten, that's a state program. And so you do have to be four by September 1 to qualify, but really it's about just um, being there in terms of registration and signing up for open slots. We don't do any pre-screening or anything like wow. that. Wow. Yeah, and I know you're super excited about the program that launches on Monday, yes. just a couple of, actually tomorrow, and uh, it's, uh, tell us a little bit, uh, it's going to be an after-school program for K through 5? Yes, we are launching our inaugural year of Orlando Science Center After School. 
We've been working in the realm of out-of-school time learning or after school for many, many years, supporting YMCA's, Boys and Girls Clubs, 21st Century programs. And we're going to continue that work because it's still very important. But we want to kind of build off of our own summer camp and preschool model and say we know we can impact families and children um, over time when we have these opportunities to see them continuously and to have these um, chances to really tie to what they're learning. So after school is going to be 180 days. It's going to start on August 14th and go right through um, May 30th. And we're going to be busing in children from four different schools that are in the mm. surrounding area. And so it's an option for families. If they're looking for care, if they're working parents, they can use the Science Center. I believe I'm getting uh, Jeff Stanford's son. Yes. Uh, wow. Get ready. Yep. Hold on. Uh-oh. Um, Wait for it. I get a lot of our um, staff's children in our programs, which is great as well. But if someone listening right now wants to hear more information about this or contact you about sending their child, how shall they contact you? So we are still accepting enrollment. And so um, there is still time to choose if you'd like to come to our after school program. And it is www.osc.org backslash after school. And so that will take you immediately to our registration page. Um, or you can contact the Science Center by calling us, um, and anyone can help you with that registration. Fantastic. And Heather, it's extremely affordable, $80 for an entire week. Oh, my goodness. And they get to, to be there uh, about three and a half, four hours after school, and they get assisted homework time and the, the activities in the Science Center. So what a great experience for families and students. What are the four schools that you're busing from? Can you say that? Or? I can. Yeah. Um, and it does include the busing, which is a key part of that for sure. working families. Um, is this year, for our inaugural year, we're going to be doing Audubon Park Elementary, Princeton Elementary, Hillcrest Elementary, and Lake Silver Elementary. Nice. So they're kind of four surrounding elementaries. To so, our and they'll bus them to the museum, and then the parents will pick them up there? Correct. They can pick mm -hmm. up any time until 6.30. So oh, so really they can even have a little free time in the museum exploring if they're waiting for mom or dad? So they're going to be involved in programs. So when they get in, we're going to do homework assistance, which is key, um, some outdoor time. And then we're really going to dive into, into STEM enrichment. So we're going to be doing a lot of hands-on um, task-based activities. Oh, kids love that. That really mm -hmm. tie into student interest and also what they're learning in the school day. Oh, well, we're, there's awesome. a lot more to learn from you, and we will when we come right back. Unfortunately, we have to go to break right now, but we'll be back from the heart. Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back, listeners, to Magic 107.7 FM. This is Joshua with my beautiful and talented co-host, Mary Thompson-Hunt, on From the Heart, talking all things art and community. And today we are having a blast talking to the Orlando Science Center and the VP Club. Uh, Jeff Stanford, <laughs> Vice President of Marketing, Heather Norton, Vice President of Education, and Brandon Landman, the Vice President of Visitor Experience. So glad that you're with us. Uh, one of the questions I know Joshua and I are looking forward to asking you are how the arts and sciences go together. So here's the question. You're all representing the science. We're representing the arts, but we know that they're the yin and yang. How do they complement each other? Well, um, we all have a different perspective on that, so uh, I'll, I'll sure. kick it off. I mean, art and science are very complementary, and I look at it as artists and scientists are also more aligned than we think, you know, both use their imagination quite a bit, both uh, look at something that uh, 
they can't see and try to make that a reality. Uh, they all use the skills of collaboration and creativity and critical thinking, problem solving, teamwork, coming together. I don't think you can have art without science or science without art. And uh, How does being a scientist help you appreciate art more? All right. I, no, that's I, for yeah. you. I, I ask that of you. Uh, oh, for me. Help me. Oh, okay. <laughs> she wants to hear from oh, you still. Was, you oh, tried to give it me. away. Oh, you're going to ask, you ask the marketing guy. Oh, let's ask the marketing. Science. I was going to ask All him right. how much that costs. Okay. <laughs> no, um, it's like, uh, for me, it's, I look at, uh, I find art in science and I find science in art, oh. you know, and, uh, and so it's like, for me also, I have to defer to my son who's seven years old who loves art and loves science and they they coexist peacefully in his in his life and and so it's like he's i think they're both a way to satisfy curiosity they're ah. both about finding answers and they're both about taking taking something that sometimes is immaterial and 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 making it a reality I wish you could beautiful. have seen this because there was there was totally a high five <laughs> that just happened uh-huh. in the VP uh, in the VP yes. uh, group. So we you hear a lot about the word STEM uh, and it, that's science and technology, engineering and math, which science leads the way in that acronym. Uh, but there's a big conversation now about changing that to STEM to STEAM uh, that would have arts as a part of those core um, kind of core values of education. And so I'm curious, Brandon, how do you feel about that? Are you in favor of it? How do you think it changes Absolutely. the dynamic of, of what STEM currently is? Talk to us about it. I think for me and what we've been doing um, there at the Science Center, I think art is a great way to introduce science in a lot of ways. Mm. It's a great way to be an opportunity that if the science seems scary, you can introduce it with somebody who's already tackled it that's not a scientist and has taken some art or some idea and giving you a new perspective on science and giving you maybe an inspirational idea, um, whether it's a painting, a photograph, or something along those lines. So for me, it's just, I think they have to go together when you're really, especially at a younger age, when you're really trying to engage them with exploration of their curiosity and everything along those lines. But it's it's so fundamental, I think, to just learning and the process that you want to you want it to be beautiful, you want it to be messy, and at the mm-hmm. same time, there's a process there that you can follow to continually improve upon it, make it better and better. And I think they do just complement each other so well. Um, you know, the idea of STEM was really introduced as a way. There's a crisis in the science world. There's not enough people to fill the jobs that were out there that require a science background, that require that skill set mm-hmm. of, um, you know, what the sciences need. And I think the beautiful thing about saying, well, it's not exclusive of art, just opens up more doors in the idea of getting more talent, more creativity, more inspiration into solving the world's problems, mm. which is a lot of what STEM's about. It's mm. tackling the tough th- toughest things that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And art is just another way to open the door to more people to help tackle those problems. That is a beautiful way of saying that. These men are speaking brilliantly right now. <laughs> I can't wait to get to you, dear. I, Yesterday, I was at the Orange County um, State of the Arts address for the public school system. And they were they were talking about how and you know when St- steam was introduced to Congress for it to officially be passed, 
it was a bipartisan effort and a hundred percent of Congress voted in favor of it, which That's is great. blowing that just mind blowing to me that they you agreed know, on anything. They agreed on anything, <laughs> right? But that they agreed that the arts were a vehicle and a part of of these other things that are so important to to what we do. Give us maybe an example or can you think of a time where dance or visual arts or improv or some type of performing arts helped you at the Science Center get across what you were trying to to teach? Um, I love that you brought up improv. So for us at the Science Center, for our presenters that are on the floor, one of the things we do are a lot of improv classes Mm. um, and workshops with our team members so that they, um, we can work with them on the knowledge base of the science in the background. What we're really hoping to work with them on is how to engage the public and make it exciting and make it, um, you know, make it something that interests people because the facts can be a little boring, but sometimes if you can add some flair, add some visuals to those facts, give them other ways to visualize it, see it, um, manipulate it. That's where the arts have been a fantastic attribute for us. Um, so that's one of the Good examples. I love that right you now. refer to the arts as a little bit of flair and <laughs> somewhat messy. I just love that. Van Gogh, <laughs> who was quite the scientist totally and an artist. It's the, it's the way you access the mind and create from it. I and love it, that. And it's mm-hmm. in stark contrast, I think, to what people think of scientists sure. and engineers and things like that. So it's okay if you're a little bit of both. Like, Do you I, feel like the arts help make science more accessible? Absolutely. It kind of breaks it down, like it, you said, in a fun way or a messy way. The arts, I think, are oftentimes just um, something that are just something people grasp a little bit easier. Mm. And then if you, so if you can take something that people are already grasping and go, okay, well now let's infuse this really complicated subject like climate change mm. and go, let's do it some in a performance art piece. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a beautiful idea and something I wish I had done, but I haven't yet. So. <laughs> so I have to tell you something, this sounds like bragging, but I am pretty proud of it. I did win the Dinwiddie County sixth grade science fair. Wow. Yeah, the whole county. It was All right, you awesome. wow. It was pretty cool. What was, your, what was it? It was on the solar systems, and I created a whole solar, you know, the whole solar system. The order? Out of the, yeah, out of like the little styrofoam balls and paint and, you know, did all these fun facts and it was so fun, but it was totally an art project. I mean, it really right. was an art project and I've always loved the arts. So Heather, tell us about how many times, you know, you've seen finger painting of dinosaurs or, or, <laughs> or chalk drawings of the solar system or like how many times have you seen the arts infused into what you're doing? And right before you do that, I want to remind everyone they're listening to Magic 107.7 FM, Mary Thompson Hunt, Joshua Vickery from the heart. Heather, please. So I think one of the incredible things about learning and something that I think the whole field of education is shifting to is learning is not about rote memorization or about just studying books or texts and hearing things, you know, audibly and trying to, you know, internalize that knowledge. And so the beauty of STEM and the arts is it's typically very hands-on and it's very intrinsically motivating to the learner. So our children, when we ask them to um, collect data or do visual representations of what they're seeing, they can do that um, doing artistic renderings of it. They can build models or they can um, create replicas. They can do digital or computer models of what they're seeing. Mm. And so it really allows them to take what they're learning from just something that is conceptual to something that they can touch and they can feel and they can create. And I think putting the creation back in their hands really allows them to own that learning experience. Mm. Um, we have had the luxury of having a couple projects that have allowed us to partner with some of our local um, art groups And one that I'm thinking of right now is a a project called Project Well, (laughs) which was actually for early childhood. We uh, partnered with the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. And the two of us combined went into 
seven different early childhood classrooms at both a Head Start Center and the Nat Ford Community School. And we were going in every week. So we were with those students every week of their school year doing a science and art fusion. So we'd go in one week and talk about magnets or electricity. And then the art, um, Dr. Phillips would go in and they do it all around movement and dance and music. And so we oh, really were cool. trying to combine these ideas of hands-on science learning through the visual and performing arts. And so I think there's a number of ways that we can do this really meaningfully. And then it engages a multitude of different learning styles and learners. So it's not just your traditional math student or art student or English student. It's really about a variety of interests, which I think is really compelling. That's awesome. And what got you into this field? I mean, do you, do you love, I mean, you have to love science, I'm sure, but, but what got you into working for the Science Center? So like Jeff, um, I am actually a Orlando Science Center camp alumni myself. Um, I grew up in the Orlando area, and I went to the Science Center as a child, and my science fair projects were from the um, Orlando Science Center gift shop. We got some uh, different things there to help with those. But I think in general, what inspires me or motivates me is this idea of I remember being in school and being told, don't worry about it, just memorize it. And in the sciences and in math, that was really hard for me. And so I really started to struggle in areas that I used to really love. And the more that I went through my schooling, the harder those topics got when it became just about memorizing it and not mm. about really understanding it. And so when I graduated and I started going into this informal education sector, I really began to love showing people through doing that they, these are concepts or these are things that we're all capable of knowing and understanding. And so I love that aha moment. I love what Jeff was talking about. We get to see children, teachers, parents, just the relief or the excitement when they finally get something that maybe they've heard about, but they didn't really quite grasp it. And they not only grasp it, but they manipulated it. They did it themselves. And so that's something they keep. It stays with you and, you know, you build off of that. And so that's powerful. It's a powerful motivator. Mm. Mm. That's awesome. You might have children right now that one day will do what you're doing and work for the Science Center and have a story yeah. like that. That's How beautiful. long ago was the Science Center founded? Sure. Uh, the Orlando Science Center has been a part of our community since 1955. Mm. It has a wonderful story because it was the beginning of the space race, and it was a series of um, volunteers, engineers, teachers, scientists, who wanted the community excited about science and wanted to inspire the next generation because we were all trying to get to the moon and they wanted to make sure that we were building a foundation of uh, tomorrow's science pioneers. So these volunteers put together experiments and, and different activities and they took them out to schools and libraries and bank lobbies uh, to get people excited about science. And for the first few years, uh, that movement is what, uh, uh, became ultimately the Orlando Science Center. So uh, that started in 1955. In 1960, we had our first building, uh, and that is what is now the uh, Shakespeare Center right there in Lock Haven Park. Mm -hmm. We've always been, our home has always been in Lock Haven Park. And, and then in the 90s, we started a capital campaign to build the uh, gorgeous uh, building that we're in now, which opened in February 1997. So we're celebrating... 20 years in that building, and now we feel like we've really, in the last five, six years, have been one of tremendous growth, um, just a, a, a lot of wonderful quality, a lot of that due to the, the incredible people that I'm sitting at this table with right now, mm -hmm. and just great ideas, creativity, tremendous programs, great exhibits, uh, 
we've really listened to our community, what they need from the Science Center, uh, and not just children, but adults. People want to understand science. They want to touch it. They want to be involved. They want to be engaged. So we've responded that way with our programs and our exhibits. So we've seen tremendous uh, uh, growth in our attendance and our membership. And we just opened in October our new Kidstown area, which is a uh, uh, an area devoted to early childhood learning for ages infant to age seven. It's 11,000 square feet. Uh, to give you a little comparison, that's a lot. That's the <laughs> that's the size of a of a small children's museum wow. in any other community, and that's just one part of the science center. And it's been the response has just been tremendous. It's been incredibly gratifying for those of us that have been working on this project for about five years. How was the opening day of that? Oh, uh, it was, it was Filled a dream, with children? It was a dream come true. Yeah, it tell really, us about it. It really was. Um, we, we opened the day and we had, uh, we had, you know, balloon on top of everything that we, that we do with the exhibits. We had balloon benders and parades and music and we handed everybody kazoos and so we did a parade into the into the kids town to open up we had kids we had kids cut the ribbon uh to go in as opposed to dignitaries and uh it's been it's been really an amazing experience i still walk around in in the area it's been almost a year now and i was there this morning uh giving a tour with some with some folks and i still it's it's really one of those if you dream it, you can do it kind of moments. Mm. Because I remember when we were sitting around a table saying, this is what we'd like to do. And this is what we think we should do. And how are we going to do it? And you we did it. We did. Wow. <laughs> it was really, That's it awesome. was really exciting. And to see it embraced by the community is, has been tremendous. And that's the best part. And to see, um, and, and now to have opportunities for infants and toddlers to engage in science exploration with their with their parents and caregivers and starting that journey that early on you know it's going to pay off in dividends not just for our community but for our world for our world it's been very exciting to see that happen and we're going to learn a little bit more about what's coming up next for uh your center so thank you so much for being here ladies and gentlemen you're listening to from the heart on magic 107.7 fm Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with my esteemed co-host Joshua Vickery and we're very excited that today our guests are from the Orlando Science Center. We have the trifecta of vice presidents of their <laughs> trifecta. Did, did I say that correct? Yes, I just loved it. That was so, we prefer that was so power brilliant. trio. <laughs> All right, the power trio. That sounds like a the superheroes. Trinity. Yes. Yes. Trinity the Trinity of VPs. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Heather Norton, Brandon Landman, and Jeff Stanford, we're excited to have you here. I'm getting excited about science and I'm looking forward to coming over totally. to your center. Nailed it's it. not just for children. Um, one of the things that I was going to ask you to talk about is we're airing Sunday night. Right now, there are people in their car listening to us because I know a lot of commuters who say they do. If they've never been to the Orlando Science Center, what's in it for them? Why should they come? And You know, uh, you can't put a price on knowledge. So I would say uh, people should come because you're never too old to learn something new. 
I think uh, sometimes the feedback we get when they hear Orlando Science Center, they think we're all, you know, wearing lab coats and writing equations on the wall and splitting atoms and, uh, you know. Sounds awesome. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, it does for you. Brandon's um, got very excited yeah, over but, here. But it's like, really, it's, a, it's about discovery and it's about creativity and it's about imagination. And, and I often get feedback when we talk about uh, things like our preschool or after school program and even our camp program. It's like, well, as a parent, I don't know if my kid's going to be a scientist and I don't know if my, my kid's going to be an engineer and I don't have a science background. And I'm like, we may not all be scientists, but we're all going to be problem solvers. We're all going to be uh, coworkers, teammates. We all need to communicate. And, and these are the type of skills that are inherent in everything that we do at the Science Center. And I, I think there is something tremendously exciting and beautiful about learning something new. And, and you're going you're gonna to come out differently than when you came in. I mm. agree. And I want to tell you, I went there once, and I'll never forget the experience I had with learning about bees. I told you that. <laughs> I, when a swarm of bees comes at you, they're not necessarily coming at you. They're looking for a new home. They're following the person. Like little facts. Like watching so them. now, Mary, when bees come at you, you just, you just I go, hang out? Oh, I hope you find a good home. Yeah, you wave at them. Welcome. You Welcome get the housewarming party. I sing to them. Get on home. No. <laughs> I, but I learned a lot. I told you that when I came. So... I didn't expect to. I just went with my friend and her children, but I I took that away, and now I'll go back. And I would I would just simply add, then if just come to make a memory, because mm. that's exactly mm. the first thing you smed, said to me when we came through. You're like, oh, I remember the bees. Like, mm. so you you did change. Something happened when you wow. came through, and so come make a memory. That's the easiest way to do it. That's, that's your that's new slogan. Cool. Yeah, come make a memory. Well, speaking of slogans, your Trademark. mission and your vision and your purpose is really clear and articulate. Inspire science, learning for life, be the spark that ignites innovation, and your purpose is to create prosperity in our community that enhances lives. And you were telling us, um, Heather, just over the, the break uh, about the science for all um, planning that you guys have under your great leader, Joanne Newman, uh, who was the CS CEO of the year yes, last let's year. Hear for Joanne oh, Newman, Joanne. CEO of the year. Such a great leader. So I'm sure this is from her leadership, but you're really trying to make the um, science accessible. Almost said the arts accessible. It just comes out. The science accessible <laughs> to all. And how are you doing that? Yeah, so the Science Center really wants to be an essential resource for our community, and we want to make sure that we're breaking down barriers of access for all of our community. And so we're looking at access a couple different ways, and one of the major ways to consider access is financial barriers of entry. And so we have joined up with a national initiative from other museums called Museums for All, mm. um, and that comes out of the Institute for Museums and Library Services and the Association of Children's Museums. And so um, science centers and museums are joining forces to try to um, reduce entry to the science center and museum field for anyone with an electronic benefit transfer card, also known as the EBT card. So the science center um, offers $3 admission for anyone holding that EBT card from any of the 50 states wow. and a valid photo ID for up to six people in their party. Oh, that's and wonderful. So, and we're super excited. I think in our first um, 18 months, we just cleared about 40,000 individuals really? have yes. taken us up on that offer. And wow. so we're one of the higher numbers in this initiative nationally as far as our attendance. So we're super thrilled that our community is responding and we're trying to get the word out, which is why this is helpful to share. And then we're also trying to roll families from this um, daily access program into a membership access program that is under our Science for All mm. umbrella. And so our family membership 
under Science for All is $25. And that gets you free parking in the garage. That gets you discounts in Subway in the store. And that gets you free admission for two adults and all the children under 18 in that household for an entire year. And so it's really, again, trying to make sure that families have access to the Science Center. It's a great place to come learn together. Mm. Um, we have movies and we have events and it's air conditioning during the <laughs> summer. And so we just want <laughs> to make sure, <laughs> yeah, we just want to make sure that everybody has access to this opportunity. And so Science for All is really something that means a lot to our team and to Joanne, and we're um, going to continue to drive that's, that awareness. That's outstanding. I, I wonder if there's a specific person or family or incident that impacted you hearing a story of someone that was able to come into the museum who had a story or a memory or some kind of transformation. For me, I, I, get, I get the luxury of hearing lots of stories mm. because of my role. Um, I think the things that really are rewarding to our team is when a, a parent um, writes in and just says, you know, that they had this circumstance that was outside of their control. They didn't know how they were going to offer an educational, fun opportunity for their family to come together. And because of this, they not only watched their child grow and learn, but they also felt like they got this quality time and it, it made their family stronger and better. So we get these oh, stories yeah. all the time. And I think... So it's not just the knowledge that they've obtained, but the relationship between them seemed to be enhanced by being there. Learning is more than the acquisition of knowledge. You know, you mm. really have to be, you know, wholly um, kind of nourished. And so when families are able to come do this as a family unit, it just strengthens all of us. So You're listening to Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Yeah, and it, I love hearing those stories. And, and part of the mission of this Science for All is the accessibility across the ages, right? So looking at ways to reach different demographics and different populations. And so you have some very specific ways that you do that. You have um, a young professional program. I know that I saw on the that not only allows them to partake, but also give back in a variety of ways, because that's, of course, what millennials love to do. They want to get involved and roll up their sleeves and give back. But you also have something that's really catering to adults so that you don't lose them past the kids' activities. Tell us about Science Night Live, Brandon. Well, Science Night Live is our adult-oriented event. So if, if you've ever been to a museum with young children, they, uh, adults actually act very different when their children are with them versus when they're not. So taking that into account, we eliminated the children for this event. So it's 21 and up. You can have a drink while you enjoy the Science Center and you don't have to feel awkward about stepping a, around a kid to go interact with an exhibit. If, you know, you, you, a lot of adults don't like to look silly in front of kids. So if they can't figure something out, it takes them a little bit of time. So all that's out of the way. You're just doing it amongst your friends and adults. Um, so it really is an opportunity to just engage with the Science Center in a different way. How often do those happen? We're doing it about four to five times a year right now. So the next one's um, August 18th. August 19th. 19th. So it's coming up. August oh, we 19th. We need to totally yeah. go, Mary. Yeah, I would. What <laughs> night of the week is that? That's, That's a Saturday night. night. Saturday night, Saturday August Saturday 19th. Night. And what time it? is it? They are 8 to 11. Uh, oh, yes. 8 to 11. Yeah. And do you see like adults becoming kids? I mean, you like of course. literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the adults become kids and really, really get into what the Science Center has to offer. Um, we also bring in guest speakers. We do trivia as a part of it. And then there's lots of hands-on experiences um, scattered throughout the museum for you to interact with presenters. Um, you can look through the telescopes. So all of that stuff. And do is you all go, are all three of you there? Everyone that you have. I am there for yeah, everyone. For the, for the yeah. most part, I'm there in the lobby. <laughs> Not saying, everyone, but if you're going to be <laughs> there, I can. Yeah, I can she gets the night point. off. She's yes. okay. Oh, uh, that's awesome! And I'm so glad we're having this show right now because you guys have 
a big big couple of weeks coming up. Yeah, you have the after really. school programs that are launching. You have the next big Science Night Live. And then you also have on August the 21st, the solar eclipse viewing celebration. Yeah. yeah. So I, tell us about that. I don't think I can take credit for this, but uh, we're, we're going to capitalize on it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so astronomy is my personal favorite topic in all of science. So this is something that's near and dear to me. The solar, uh, the great solar eclipse happening over North America. The Science Center is going to participate. Um, for our members, you can come to the Science Center. We're actually giving away free glasses. We've got activities. Um, we've got all kinds of things happening at the Science Center. With what time? Special presentations. We're going to start all those around 11 o'clock okay. that morning. The eclipse will start a little after noon, and it'll last for about three and a half hours, with totality happening a little um, around 2.45, 2.50 um, here in Orlando. Um, and will you be speaking about what an eclipse is and what we're seeing and why this one is unique to all the others? Absolutely. Do you think they would Look pass at how excited up that, he is. Do you think they would pass up that chance? Yeah. Oh, this is their moment. <laughs> this our, is what you've lived for. That's our jobs. That's of course <laughs> what we're going to do. So yeah, we want to take an opportunity to engage some. This is a natural phenomenon that is just one of those things that once when you're witnessing it, it changes you, right? So capitalize on those. Take those as yes. an opportunity to engage people when they're all of a sudden engaged with science in a very natural way. Well, why is this that exciting? Why Someone who's not into science, why is this eclipse so exciting? Well, I think, one, astronomy in general is just one of those fields that I think fascinates from a young age because the sky is always there, the moon's always there, the sun's always there. It's always a question that I think sits in the back of people's minds. Um, so it's always, it's an easy breaking break-in point for science. It's just one of those things. How does the sun work? How does the moon work? How does the solar system work? So it gets an opportunity to get at, I think, childhood-like curiosity for a lot of people and dive into some of those questions that they may have been a little too embarrassed to ask about. And But it still is a curious thing that they they kind of want to know more about. Um, so for me, that's one of my that's one of my exciting things about astronomy. I think it's just a great in as a, as a discussion point. But um, we, we've got what's happening at the Science Center, but we also are doing two other sites. Um, we're giving away free glasses at those sites. Um, one is at Dr. Phillips downtown. And thank you to uh, Sponsors Full Sail and Florida Children's Hospital, uh, Winter Park, and the Chamber of Winter Park are all helping us do all this together. Because wow. we also have another site at Winter Park um, near Park Ave where we'll be giving away free glasses and for everybody to be seeing there too. So we've got like 10,000 plus 10, glasses, glasses. So you're, to oh, give you're away. hoping to get 10,000 people to come on out. Yeah. Listeners, please Not even go. including some <laughs> schools that we're are. We're also going to be um, going to two schools and doing private events at two campuses. So we're going to be supporting the new um, downtown ACE, mm -hmm. A8, yeah. that's opening um, supporting the Paramore neighborhood. And then we're also going to be going to a school in Seminole County. So, Do you need volunteers to help you? We do. How if, can uh, people, if they want to volunteer? Absolutely. They can contact our volunteer manager on our website. And uh, we are looking for a few volunteers to be at those sites with to us. To give out those 10,000 glasses. Yeah, we've got a, we've got a total of 10,000. We're giving about 3,000 away at every location. Okay. Um, Science Center is the only one admission or a member is required, but the other ones are all free. So right. you just show up, grab some glasses, and partake in one of the coolest astronomical events in your lifetime. And if someone comes to the Science Center and wants to join that day, uh, that's a good day to join because they'll be there with their glasses in their new... Joined club. I think that would be a great idea. And you won't see this again till 2045, right? In Florida, yeah. We won't have another t 
And actually, the cool one about that one is it's going to be totality over Orlando. This one's partial. It's about 88%. It'll look no, like a crescent moon. Totality. You can't keep I know. Totality. <laughs> okay. Totality is when the moon actually completely covers the disk of the sun. So, so 100% it's completely is dark. completely dark. Yeah. Wow. All you see is the corona of the sun, which you never get to see from Earth except for eclipses because the sun's surface is so, so it's bright. It's like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so wondered that about place. that corona, yeah. yeah. Listen, you have to come to these events just to see how excited Brandon gets over this. <laughs> That's the best part. He's, he's like down. so excited. He's so, well, this it. is his thing. I know. I love, But it's contagious. I'm going to go now. Good. I, be <laughs> our guest. That's we'll, awesome. We'll give, you some give us the website, uh, Jeff, one more time. Mr. Yeah. Marketing. Yeah, www.osc.org.org. Great. And we can become a member. We can donate. We can find out about events, all of that. Volunteer. Yeah. yeah go uh, Yeah, if, go in on the website, osc.org. But also, you know, join the conversation. We are active on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can get a lot of information from our social media feeds as well. Uh, learn about our activities, exhibits, programs for kids like the after school program or the preschool uh, events like Science Night Live, our big Science of Wine event that happens in the spring, which is pretty darn awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, come and uh, just, uh, you know, learn learn something new, explore, Join connect. your family. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you three here. What a font of knowledge thank you, you thank all you. are. Thank and you. Wasn't this fun? To, yeah, and we've talked thank about you. so many great things. I know. <laughs> Go to the website and check out all of them. But just to recap really quickly, the Kids Town Center with 75 uh, skill-based activities and lands, 11,000 square feet of fun, the Solar Eclipse event on August the 21st, the Science Night Live, and then, of course, the after-school and preschool programs, and so, so, so much more. I know. At the Orlando Science Center. We're going. We're going. Guys, it was a blast. Thank Thank you you. for coming on the show today. Mary, as always. A pleasure. Welcome home. Finally, I think the Orlando Science Center was one of our last cultural foundational organizations that we hadn't talked to yet. And it meant a lot, too, because the science and arts really do go together. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening in. Magic 107.7 from the heart.